I am amazed is a word. Um, I'm super proud and I, I, I often sit back and reflect on it. And it comes about because people do email me a lot saying that, in, in not so many words, but that how it's helped them or changed their lives. So I am very aware of that and it, and it fills my heart with joy to, to know that because I remember sitting on the, on the floor on the phone to Lifeline and I had a fridge or some running shoes and the option I chose were the running shoes. And it's, it saved my life. Uh, I've got no doubt about it. It saved my life. I'd, I'd probably still be alive now, but I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't be alive inside like I am now. It's funny, I haven't never thought about that, what you just said, that it gave me so much joy and it was a big part of my life as a kid that the fact that it it's, um, is now here is my, it's my, it's my life. And the moment I didn't have it, those 12 years, was when I was unhappiest. And now I'm doing something I'm totally passionate about and, and within me it's it's different. You know, I'm, I'm not a gambler anymore, so that's another, another part of it. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm much happier and that's so important. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode, I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life, and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger, and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals you never thought possible. Hello RMA, welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Today I have another fabulous guest for you. It's actually our second male guest for the podcast, Travis Ireland from Run Down Under. I really wanted to get Travis on the podcast today, not only to talk about Run Down Under and this amazing initiative that Travis created, but also to talk about the story behind its conception. So a lot of you are members of Run Down Under and have joined the Run Down Under app or Runs of the World, as it's now also known. And you might not know the story behind why Run Down Under started. So I wanted to have Travis come on and share part of his journey. Run Down Under is an amazing platform which was designed in 2014 after Travis actually went through one of the hardest times in his life. Travis had battled with an addiction, a gambling addiction, which left him broken and broke. And he needed something else to pour his energy into to help him on the road to recovery from his addiction. It was actually at the Gold Coast Marathon when he had just come out of the bathroom and he went to put a punt on and he had no more funds and the light came on and he realized that he just couldn't live his life like this anymore and it was time to change. And from that day, Travis decided to put his efforts into running to create a new life for himself and create, I guess, a healthy addiction 
in place of his addiction to gambling. So Travis in 2014 designed Run Down Under, which originated with an Excel spreadsheet and a concept of him virtually running around Australia. And the people that joined him ran on the original map, which still exists today, which covers 14,080 kilometres and passes through 98 towns and every state and territory in Australia. Travis openly shares about the fact that this was a selfish pursuit for himself to be able to heal from his gambling addiction, but he has brought along thousands and thousands of people on the journey and it's changed lots and lots of lives. So we discuss how Run Down Under came to be throughout his journey. We also discuss the impact that it has had on many people and how it's evolved to where it is today. There's since been an additional map, which is unlocked when you have completed the initial map around Australia, which is a further 15,490 kilometers. And then he's also added other runs of the world around places like New Zealand and the UK and Europe. So I'm really thankful to be able to have shared in the Run Down Under journey. Run Down Under has been a huge support of RMA and vice versa. And I hope you love hearing about Travis's story and the Run Down Under story. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Travis Island. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Travis. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hey, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm privileged. Yeah, well, you're pretty lucky because you are the second man on the podcast. (laughs) So I had Tim Oberg on um, and he was very chuffed that he was number one. (laughs) So I thought, why not put Travis as number two? Well, you know he's going to send me a message within one hour of listening to this to tell me that he trumped me. So <laughs> I'll wait for that message to come through. Uh, probably. But, I mean, I thought it'd be great to have you on. Um, obviously, we've had a long-standing relationship between Run Down Under and Running Mums Australia. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be really good for us to talk about Run Down Under um, because so many RMAs are involved in Run Down Under, but a lot of people probably still don't know about it as well. So I same like Parkrun, I wanted to get the word out about Parkrun, same with Run Down Under and the concept behind that and why it's really great to get involved um, and the community aspect of it as well. Um, but also I thought it'd be great to touch on your story as well because that's how Run, Run Down Under came to fruition. So, and... I guess, too, this podcast is about running, uh, how running has changed people's lives. And so it's not only changed the lives of many females around Australia, but it's changed the lives of many males as well. Um, And, of course, you support us. So um, we just want to be able to, I guess, 
share about your journey and how you started this amazing initiative we've run down under. So what a better way to do that than be on the podcast. Yeah, awesome. And I love the fact that I'm following on from Park Run because there's similarities in there I'll, I'll touch on um, with the community and, and, and how we started. But um, yeah, happy to share everything. Happy to share my story. Great. Um, so let's just start, like, let's kind of go back. I like to go back um, with these podcasts and just get a little bit of background about the person, like, when they were kind of younger, because most of the people I obviously interview are, uh, are older. Um, and, you know, were you involved in running at all when you were young or in active sport at all? I can always remember being a runner from, from school right through. Uh, I grew up in a small town uh, called Marimbula, the south coast of New South Wales, where I spent my, my whole life mm -hmm. as a kid. And as part of the Marimbula primary school, we had our cross country like everyone does. And there was five of us um, guys that would make the, the team to go and travel to regionals or districts or whatever the next level was. Yeah. And this happened in primary school uh, a lot that us same five would make it, make it through. And it was always our goal as, as mates, because everyone knew everyone in Marimbula, but to make it through as far as we could. And I'll never forget that was, our, that was our dream. And one year, and I can't remember the year, we all made it to state, all five of us. Um, I had the glory of coming last in, in state, and one of my best mates came, came second and went on to the Australian Championships. But that was always a goal. We always ran. We had a, a guy an elderly guy that would come to our school and take our cross-country sessions. Um, Mr. Jackson, his name was, he wasn't a teacher. He would just come, he was part of our soccer group and it was always an active active school base. So yeah, I've, I've always run. Um, we didn't have buses uh, in Marimbula, so I, I ran to the beach, and walked, whatever it was, but I was always active. Um, obviously times were different back in, in those days that didn't have the technology, so I was always out. Yeah. And running was a, it's always been a part. And then through high school, um, it happened. I ran and then I took up some triathlons later on and, and ran yeah. um, up until now where I'm still running. I had a big break, which I'll talk about later in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, always, I've always run, always. Oh, good. So yeah. what was it about running that you loved, like as a kid? I'm a competitive beast, so in, as a kid, it was always the competition. Um, I'm never the best, never the greatest, but I loved competing. Um, and whether that meant competing for 50th and 51st place or, or fourth to get through to the next round of districts, um, that was what always drove me. I am competitive. and So you still like to be a bit competitive now? So I am, yeah. I am competitive. You'll aim for, like, times and stuff like that still in racing? Yes. Yeah, and and also with Run Down Under, it's also distance. Um, I've yeah. got a couple of people, and I'm not going to name them all. Some are mates, some are random names on the on the app that I want to beat for the year, um, distance wise. So yeah, that's that's there, and that's only me. It's not. Yeah. I don't tell anyone else that. It's not like I go to these guys and say I'm going to beat you. It's just my own. Yeah. Thing, and then time wise, um, it's a bit of a pride thing, but I I don't know I. I'm getting close to, very close to 50, and I think I can still do better than what I was when I was 25. Yeah. And I sort of want to prove that to myself. So my half marathon best time was when I was 25, and I was convinced I was going to beat it 
this year's Gold Coast half, which got cancelled, unfortunately. So I still have a bit of a, a point to prove to my younger self. Oh, what time was it? Uh, it was one twenty-five thirty. Wow. It was my 25-year-old half marathon time. Okay. And I was convinced I was going to beat that this year as a 49-year-old. So it might be that I do it next year when I'm actually 50 and double, double the age. Yeah, what a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> do that in the next year's Gold Coast. I'll That's the goal. I can cheer you on. <laughs> awesome. Oh, great. So, you know, you live in Queensland now, so you don't live in New South Wales anymore. Nope. Uh, what brought you to Queensland? Well, I actually went to Melbourne first to go to uni. So small town in Marimbula, there's not much opportunity for, for work. So I went to university in Melbourne yep. and studied human movement. And I was actually on my way, once I finished the course, on my way up to Queensland to live the dream and set up a personal training business with a few mates and, and live the dream. And... When we finished graduation, I'm the only one that got in the car and drove up. My other three mates stayed in Melbourne. So I, I changed my mind and I was going to Townsville. So I had a job up there as a porter. So at least I knew I was getting a job. Yeah. And the Gold Coast is as far as I got. I stopped at Sanctuary Cove for a game of golf on the way through and overheard the general manager talking about the need to employ someone in the gym there. So I ran out to my car, which was my house at the time, yeah. got my resume and I got a job on the spot as a gym instructor um, at the Century Cove Rec Club. Uh, that was 1993. And that's that's where I stopped. That's where the Cortina stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I never got any further. So I was, I was chasing the dream of the sun and the personal trainer lifestyle and it sort of worked out that way. People are probably wondering, what's a Cortina? Only <laughs> 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 probably our age group might know what Yes. Well, <laughs> Google it. It got me from Melbourne to Queensland, so it was trusty. Oh, the cars we had back then, they were very oh, no. Yeah, so I stopped in Queensland and that's, that's where I stayed. Wow, that's incredible. Like these days, you wouldn't probably hear much of that sort of stuff happening where you just stopped off and then you heard someone talking about it, you grabbed your resume out of the car and then you got the job on the spot. It was Obviously, just it was one amazing. of those moments. Yeah, that's right, sliding door moment. Like, you know, yep. you to be there. So that's really cool. So you have some children. How many do. do you have? I have three of my own and I have a stepson with my new partner. So there's yep. four kids. Um, my daughter is almost 17 yep. and then my youngest is down to nine. Yep. So, and I'm separated uh, from my ex-wife. So I have them week on, week off. So I have a house of six of us for a week. And then the other week it's just myself and Kath um, in a big house, yeah. uh, pretending we're retired for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, are the kids? Do they like to get out and run as well, or are they? Oh, Nicole, 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 I've got a story. My daughter, when she was studying Japanese about two years ago, she had to do a presentation in in Japanese to her class, and she had, part of the presentation was to tell a story about every one of her family members, what they liked and what they disliked, and then she had to compare it to her. And my daughter told the class in Japanese that I like running and then told the class that it was what she hates and it broke my heart. I didn't understand a word she was saying, but she came home and told me in English what she had said and it broke my heart. So no, none of my kids run. My boys play footy. Um, um, Kiara, my daughter, she goes to the, the gym and Will plays basketball. Uh, so they all have 
sporting yeah. aspects, but I can't get them out for a run um, with me. When I first um, separated from my ex-wife, my middle boy, he came running with me a few times yeah. and I've since looked into that a fair bit and I think it was not the running, it was the more the bonding of you know, the separation and what he was going through in time with his dad and that was he knew I liked that. So he did a couple of park runs. We'd do a couple of runs before school, um, but I think once he got comfortable and, and content with the separation and everything, he, he didn't need to do that anymore and we haven't run since. <laughs> it was three or four yeah, years ago. It's not going to happen, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm the same. My kids aren't really interested in running, but I think there's different phases in life and teenagers uh, particularly just just don't want to be with their parents a lot of the time. But that doesn't mean it's not going to come back later. Like I'm hoping yeah. that, you know, when my children are like, you know, a little bit older, maybe that they'll be interested in coming with mum. And it will be more probably like what you've just, just said. It won't be about running. It'll be about connecting and having that time together. So, yeah. Watch this space. You never know. Yeah, I hope so. I, ha I have this dream of running a marathon with them all one day and that'd be awesome. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't – and I'm not a pushy parent, so if they don't want to do it, I don't force yeah. them out of bed at 4.30 with me. They they see what I do. They, they support me when I've got an event on or something. They'll be there to cheer me on and they'll send me a message. So, yeah. They're watching. Good. Yeah, they are. They're always watching. So I wanted to – talk a little bit about your journey to starting Run Down Under. So obviously that's quite a long journey. Before we start talking about that and how Run Down Under came to fruition, let's just say what Run Down Under is first. So do you want to just give people um, a rundown? What is Run Down Under um, and how can they find out about it? Sure, I'll, I'll do that first. It's basically Run Down Under is your own journey around the country. Yeah. It's an app and a concept where you run where you want, when you want, as fast as you like, on any surface, treadmills out in the bush, um, on the roads. It's your journey. So I'm not interested in how fast you, you do it or, or what time you go out in the day or what surface you're running on. You just go and run or walk, um, and then you record it to our app, and we track you on a journey around the country. So similar to a, a fun run, it's a registration-based membership. So you join up, and once you join up, um, we plonk you in Canberra and your icon, your little person goes in Canberra. First thing we want you to do is put your own profile picture so you have a unique picture and then you make your way around Australia. It's 14,080 kilometres, so it's not something that you're going to do in a year. It's not something that you're going to, you might even do in five years. It's a long-term commitment to being active and healthy through running and walking and that was always my goal. Um, along the way, it's, it's a massive journey, so it, it can get boring at times. So along the way, I've made sure that there's reasons to keep checking in on the app. Um, every time you reach a town, you'll get some information about that town. So the first journey is from Canberra to Goulburn. Yep. Once you get to Goulburn, we'll shoot you an email about the town, the history, what's going on in Goulburn. So it's a little bit of an educational um, journey as well, which a lot of people love more than the running in, in some aspects or walking. Um, yeah, so it's a yearly-based membership. You get a shirt uh, or a singlet, uh, you get a medal at the end of the year, so similar to doing a, a fun run. Yeah. If you're enjoying the journey, if you're getting out of it what you need to get out of it, and there's so many different things people get out of it, then I ask you to renew your membership again. Um, if it didn't, if it wasn't for you, then your little icon will sit there and be ready for you when you want to come back 
later in life um, and you pick up where you left off. Yep. So proud to say that I've hit 82% retention this year, which is my, my best retention rate. It was never, never that good. So I'm, I like to think that people are enjoying it and, and coming back and renewing for whatever reason. It, it may just be stubbornness. It may just be that I started this thing. I have to finish it. I, yeah. I'm not enjoying it. It's like a marathon. You get to the 30, you're not enjoying it, but you've got to finish it. Yeah. Um, and then others enjoy it because it is motivating. Um, I'm one of the most um, interactive users. I, I love it. I personally, if I wasn't the founder and the owner, I'd still be a massive fan of it because I, I personally love it. Um, it motivates me. Then there's other parts of it, you know, that's inspiring. There's people out there, you know, a gentleman finished yesterday and he was the fifth fastest ever to do it, averaging 26 kilometres a day every day for a year and a half. So those type of things. Mm. Um, and there's plenty of stories out there that I could go on about from, from a lady that needed to lose 60 kilograms so she could have a lung transplant and walks around carrying an oxygen bottle, um, everything in between. So that's another reason that people stay active through the app is because you're inspired by others um, doing it. And that's the concept, basically. It's, it's something that I hope people stay with long-term um, because it keeps you active and healthy, weight loss, mental health reasons. Uh, and that's, that's the reason it was introduced. Wow. Well, it's such a great concept. And, you know, I've been part of it for years now. In fact, I'm still surprised I haven't finished, Travis. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Because I, to, I do so many kilometres. How it's not finished, I do not know. But anyway. It's a long uh, way. I am in, um, in Tasmania now, I think. Um, and so I'm on my home stretch. I'm, I, it said I'll be finished by July next year, I think it was. So, well, Gold um, Coast Marathon. Sounds yeah. like it has your name all over it for a finish. Actually, that's a good idea. I um, well, yeah, I'm actually coming up for the Brisbane Trail Ultra too. So even there, I don't know, but oh, I, yeah. I um, I've, I'm pretty sure it said July. So I'm on track, and the only reason I stay on Strava is because of Run Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Strava's my middleman as well. <laughs> So anyway, I, um, I'm really looking forward to finishing to just say that I did it and I went all the way around Australia. So it's a very, it's very motivating. I find that. And I'm one of these people. I'm not, I'm not quitting until I'm it's done. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, a, it's a massive accomplishment. When you, when you sit there and finish, and I hope everyone does this when they finish, you sit back and think, wow, I just ran 14,080 kilometres. I just dedicated mm. six years, seven years of my life to doing this. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. We have the bells and whistles, but I hope people sit down and really reflect on what a massive achievement it is because it is when you put those numbers together, it's massive. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. So let's talk a little bit about how the journey transpired to run down under even coming to be a concept. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that time in your life? And obviously there was some tough times there. Um, and how it evolved to starting Run Down Under. Yeah, sure, sure. It's, um, it's a story that I, I don't tell too often. Um, still grabs me a little bit emotionally, but it's a story that I'm super proud to tell. Uh, I'm going to go right back, so grab yourself a, a cuppa. I, I was always a runner, as I said, and then 
I had uh, a couple of accidents, medical accidents. Uh, these are not the worrying signs where I collapsed in a few races um, in the late 90s. And at the same time, I, I got married and, and started having a family, etc. And I took a long time off running where I just ran, I'm going to say, 10 kilometres a week, 15 kilometres a week. I didn't do much. I'd have a month off sometimes. And I'll never forget, I used to try and get back into it by um, making a concerted effort to run more kilometres than I drank beers. Mm. And it really got me that in the two years I tried that, I stopped in May, so I couldn't keep up the kilometres with the beers I was drinking. Mm. And I'm not a massive drinker, but I was a binge drinker and, and et cetera. So I wasn't running much. And I, was, I was drinking a lot and a lot of those aspects. And then um, I got an addiction and it wasn't to the beers. It was to gambling mm. and a, a lot of reasons why that happened. But I, I, um, I became a gambling addict mm. and gambling addiction is, is different to alcohol and drugs in that you can mask it really well. Um, I didn't smell of alcohol. I didn't have track lines. Mm. The only thing I had was I was bloody moody and mm. I, um, I was probably impossible to live with because you didn't know what person was coming home depending on how my horse went or how the Korean netballers went at 2 o'clock in the morning that I was sitting up watching, whatever it was. Mm. And it got to the point where um, in October 2012, I... I told my, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, I said, I've, I've got a, a problem. I've got an addiction. And I'd spent all our money and all our savings and, and we had a chat about that. But neither of us did anything about it in October. Um, still one of my least proudest moments is my mum and dad bailed me out with, with some money to, just to get by. Um, and it was a significant amount of money mm. to get by for a few months. And I duly went on to spend that. And I spent our super, I spent our investment properties. So that was October 2012. Fast forward to July 2013, I was sitting at the Gold Coast Marathon and I was in the VIP tent because I used to run a fun run series lead up to that. So I was in the, the area, I was drinking my eight o'clock beers in the morning, which, <laughs> was, which was normal for me to, to do that as well. And I went to put a bet on and I had no more funds left. I'd, I'd spent all my super. I'd lost all the investment properties, had no cash. And I had a moment where I thought, what's next? Look, I remember the red, I distinctly remember the red line on my sports bet account that said no more funds available. And I thought, what's next? And in my head, the first thing that came to my mind was, where do I steal it from? Mm. And I was at the uh, Gold Coast Marathon and it was all free as a VIP tent. So my head said, well, there's no cash here, Trav. And at that moment, my, I don't know what happened. And I, I just had an epiphany that, geez, that's, that's not me. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to do anything like that. And that's, that, was my, that was my rock bottom. That was the end. And that's, that's the moment I took a moment. Um, I walked into the, the toilet and try to gather my thoughts and one of my favorite stories out of, out of all this is that Robert D. Costello walked in to the toilet while I was there and he had his indigenous jersey on and he, he we said hello um he said something like are you running or something I said no no and I hadn't run 
like I said, in probably 12 years, I hadn't run much at all. And I said, no, no, but I'm doing this marathon next year. And I have no idea where that came out of my head. And I just said it to him. I said, I'm doing this marathon next year. Um, wash my hands, walk outside. My mate who I was there with, I said, get your camera, Junior, and record this. Um, and I told him, I said, I'm going to do this marathon next year. And he said, well, I'm going to do it with you. And I said, great, fantastic. And that was it. I went home that night and I told my ex-wife that what I'd done again for the second time um, didn't go down as well this time as can be expected because I'd lied and I'd, mm. I'd cheated and I'd been an ass for another six, seven months. So I went home and this time it was different. I knew it was different. It, they say with an addiction you have to have a moment where you're ready and I was ready to make that, that change. And I think it was the, the stealing, the what's next, the marathon, seeing Deke, saying on the camera, all that at, at night. I went home. Um, I remember it was late and I remember I was drunk when I, when I told my ex-wife at the time. And uh, I woke up in the morning and booked myself into Gamblers Anonymous, which is my first step. And I, I think I was kicked out of home for a while, which was, which was fair enough. And that was the start of the journey. And I, I went to Gamblers Anonymous the next day and I got some lessons there. I had no idea what to expect. For anyone that's been to a, a GA or an AA um, meeting, um, you know what they are, but I had no idea. I rocked up in almost a suit. I didn't know what to wear. I didn't know what to do. Um, I cried a lot. I remember just crying. I had no idea. And it was my turn to speak. And uh, I told my story and I pulled out my wallet for some reason. I said, I'm only going to gamble um, $20 a week is what I said in this meeting. In my head, that's, that was great compared to what I was spending was tens of thousands of dollars. So this was great. And I just remember the room went cold and a guy walked over to me afterwards and said, mate, if you spend that $20, you'll go back down the same the same track. You have to be here and commit to not spending a cent for the rest of your life on gambling. Mm. I thought, that's great. That's even better. Mm. So I've still got that $20 note um, tucked away. And uh, that guy that told me that went on to mentor me and and take me through. I went to Gamblers Anonymous every, every week for two years. Um, and no one's ever better, but it was amazing for me. I got to my two years. But anyway, that was that was that, and I'm I'm proud to say that I'm now eight and a half years gamble free. Um, haven't had a punt since then. Um, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I I still have nothing. I had a lot. I still have nothing. Still rebuilding, but um, I'm much happier in in myself uh, because of the fact I don't gamble and I don't hurt people and I don't hurt myself and I don't lie. I don't cheat. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I went through rehab and I went through um, some programs and one of the things that you, you need to do is to find another outlet. And I quickly found that Candy Crush wasn't that outlet because I got addicted to Candy Crush. <laughs> Unbelievable, some of the things you can still get addicted to. Yeah. Um, so I put two and two together, committed to running a marathon and thought, well, let's start putting my addiction to that. Let's start, let's start running. And I Googled, I remember Googling 12-month training programs and nothing popped up. And 
there was all 16 weeks and 20 weeks. And I thought, well, I've got a year I need to get start getting fit for. I need to start now. And then I thought to myself, well, running around Australia is going to take a long time. I'll, I'll look for that. I couldn't find anything. In my head, I even thought that I might run physically around Australia. And that quickly went out the window with the logistics and the finances, et cetera. Mm. So then I thought, well, I'm going to virtually do it. I'm going to virtually run. And this was um, July 2013 for, the, for that period. So there was nothing else around virtually. So I just had to make it up as I went. Uh, so the first thing I did was plot a course. That took me a while. And for anyone that asks why the course goes where it goes with Run Down Under, it's because that's where I wanted to go. It was, I'd been to Townsville and Cairns um, a fair bit. So you'll notice that when you get to Brisbane, you, you go left and you don't go up to the top. And that was because I wanted to explore where, what was out at Longreach and Winton and, and Roma out that way. So I'd never heard of those places. Um, and even when you get to Catherine, I'd been to Darwin many times. So I thought, oh, I don't want to go to Darwin. So I don't go to Darwin. I turn left at Catherine and go to Perth um, and then make my way around. So that's the way, that's the reason. So there's no science, there's no records as to why the course is 14,080. It's just the way I did it. So I spent months and months building that and starting my running. And then I was organising fun runs as part of my business back then. So I thought I'm going to put this out and see if anyone wants to join me and and make it a make it another event, so to speak. So when I was all ready, I put it out there to my fun run database and my friends. And I expected to get maybe 50 people come and join me for the journey. So I put a fee to it. It was it's a membership base right back at the start and it was $50. Yep. Um, it was a really crappy singlet um, that was a unisex cottony singlet. Yeah. Um, it was an Excel spreadsheet and it was my idea and my concept. And by January the 1st, 2014, I had 759 people that had, had registered. And to this day, I still don't really know why that happened or how that happened. Um, there was people from Perth, people I'd never heard of, um, Tasmania. Um, there's still 111 of them that are still members today. Uh, a lot of them are people I know. And it took off. And it was an Excel spreadsheet. So what that meant was people had to email me their data and I had to put it in. Uh. And in my head, I had, okay, 50 people, that's no worries. 759 people took me 19 hours to do <laughs> the first results um, sheet. And I'll never forget that day when I thought, what, a, what have I done? Yeah. But at the same time, I thought, wow, this is amazing. And, and I had nothing. I didn't have a website. Um, it was just the concept of running around Australia that, that I think was sold because I was sold on it because um, I could see the long-term benefit. And mine was only 12 months. I didn't really have any – I didn't, definitely didn't have visions of it being a business. Mm. I had visions of it being just a thing to keep me plodding along for a year. Mm. Um, but it, it evolved and quickly had to make a website to make my life easier. And yep. That's, yep. that's basically how, how it started. Wow. What a story, Travis. I mean, it's funny, like just reflecting back on some of the things you said, like obviously it was a really hard journey for you through that time. Not only were you struggling with addiction, but you were struggling with a broken family and marriage. Um, but yet I think that this, I think it was always meant to be that, that running that you, 
like to do as a kid was kind of going to save you <laughs> in the end. And it was, it was almost like just in the right place, I guess, for you at that time that you were able to, you know, a lot of people say like exactly what you said, to be able to find another goal, another thing to put that effort into other than your addiction, almost be addicted to something good for you yeah. um, and give you that routine and structure and something to work towards that was positive um, you know, to be able to use that vehicle to, to heal you um, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, everything that, that you'd been through and then change the lives of other people. Like when you think, I mean, I guess you get caught up in the whirlwind of, of what you've created um, because sometimes it is intense and there's so much going on. And, but when you actually get time to stop and really reflect and think on the journey, like, are you just amazed where you are and how, how that's transpired from something you didn't think was going to take off to how it's now become this thing around Australia that people love so much. Yeah, I am amazed is a word. Um, I'm super proud and I, I, I often sit back and reflect on it. And it comes about because people do email me a lot saying that, in, in not so many words, but that how it's helped them or changed their lives. So I am very aware of that and it, and it fills my heart with joy to, to know that because I remember sitting on the, on the floor on the phone to Lifeline and I had a fridge or some running shoes and the option I chose was the running shoes. And it's, it saved my life. Uh, I've got no doubt about it. It saved my life. I'd, I'd probably still be alive now, but I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't be alive inside like I am now. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's, it's funny. I've never thought about that, what you just said, that it gave me so much joy and it was a big part of my life as a kid that the fact that it, it um, is now here is my, it's my, it's my life. Mm -hmm. And the moment I didn't have it, those 12 years, was when I was unhappiest um, and that's when I created an addiction and, yeah, yeah, so I've never really thought about that. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you should be really proud of yourself, you know, because it, it, starting something like that too has its challenges. I mean, it, it might sound to people listening that it was all just easy. <laughs> like, you know, you <laughs> 700 and something people signed up and they all just stayed along and you just created this thing and that was that. But that's not the case. Like there's a lot of hard work and effort that goes in behind the scenes to keep things like this moving and keep the momentum and keep people excited and um, promoted and, and, and also um, have that sort of, you know, keep it nice and authentic and, you know, not over commercialized and all this stuff. Like yeah, so yeah. much. I know same with RMA. There's just so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. And there's the horrible stuff you don't like to do as well that yep. you have to do. Um, and I guess sometimes, like, also, do you ever, do you ever struggle under the weight of that kind of knowing that this is something that people are relying on now? Like, do you ever feel like there's a bit of pressure there to keep, keep the momentum? Um, I, I don't think that, no, I don't. I don't find that pressure. The only pressure I find is uh, meeting the expectations of someone finishing. And, and that's something that I've created myself. Yeah. But no, I've because I'm so invested in it, and and it is now my full time um, hobby as well as as well as job. So I don't feel that expectation yet, and I think it's something I still absolutely love doing. Um, I pride myself on on customer service and 
and making sure that it is advanced uh, or, or changing and evolving to keep up with time. So, no, I'm still, I'm still really excited about the future. I have finally put an end point on it, which is something that will probably catch up with me soon, is that there, is, there was never an end point. And I mentioned that earlier. I don't know. I didn't do it for a business. Um, uh, and you, you, you talked about the challenges of starting up. I was going through a marriage breakup, um, overcoming an addiction. Uh, I ended up selling my company at the time um, for, for various reasons, but it was time for a change. And that's when I realised that I wanted Run Down Under to be a job because I was my happiest I'd ever been. I'd lost everything, but for some reason I was, I was so happy and I knew that was a big part of it, so I wanted to keep it going. And it was never an end point. Um, I had the first finisher and I wasn't prepared for what was next, so I quickly made up a second uh, map of Australia. And it's not until this year that I thought there has to be a finish line because um, I could make maps forever and ever. Mm. And, and the finish line is, is so, so large, um, it's not going to be achievable for, for everyone. But there is a finish line, and I know who's going to be the first to finish it, um, and I know that he will be, be striving for it. I know that there are two ladies that are probably going to challenge him and, and try and get there, uh, and that's the competitive nature. But for the rest of us, it's just nice to know that, wow, I can finish this. And, and I put a post up a little while ago. It's driving me. So I plan to finish when I'm 85, mm -hmm. which is something that I'm super proud of, that I've got something that's going to keep me active and healthy, provided I, nothing happens, mm -hmm. um, until I'm 85. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm prepared for that journey and I'm prepared to meet people's expectations. Like I said, the only thing is the finishes. I made sure I got to everyone's finish at the start. Over the weekend, I had five people finish in different states. I, I can't get there. I can't be there. Um, but I'll touch on the community soon and how they, they help me with that anyway. Yeah, well, let's talk about that now because that was going to be my next question anyway, oh. is you know, yeah. how obviously community plays a huge role in Run Down Under and it's what makes it successful. Um, how does community... Um, help you and also how did community help build Run Down Under and how does community look in relation to Run Down Under? Yeah, it's it's massive. It's my number one tool now. So go back to the crappy singlet and Excel spreadsheet mm -hmm. and the 750-odd people, my retention rate the next year was 22%. So most of those people did not come on board for the for the journey the next year. Uh, however, I still attracted 900 new people the next year. I had a website now. Um, so that's when I realised that the concept was something that people were going. And I had a good, long, hard look at why did I lose so many people? Why didn't they come back on? I'm, I'm ready to go and finish this journey. Mm -hmm. There was a few things that the singlet, and I didn't have a medal back then. Can you believe, Nicole? I yeah. was unaware of the importance of a medal. So there was no medal. It has since been backdated, so everyone got one. Um, it was just six months late. But I realised there's more to it than, than just an Excel spreadsheet and that. And that's when I started to, the first time it happened was when Stephen Wright finished his, his journey. I didn't know Stephen Wright back, back then. And he, he took just over a, a year and a half to, to do it, a year and seven months, which was amazing. We got him on the radio. We went to Park Run. We had... Uh, community cupcakes and I remember I distinctly remember that day walking to Park Run where he finished and he wanted to finish there 
and looking at people and, and comparing the communities. And I didn't have one. And I looked at Parkrun. And here's a little backstory, Mr. Tim Oberg. I didn't particularly like Parkrun when it first started because I was a race director, if you want those words. Yeah. So it, and, and I'm not going to lie, it ruined my fun run series that I had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it took away. I had 600 people do the 5K one year. The next year I had 62. Um, and I totally understand that. It's a free event, um, et cetera. I want to start by saying that I love Parkrun now. We, we didn't start off great. Um, we're now the best of buddies. But I looked around at Parkrun. I thought, wow, look at these people. They're, they're not fast. They're not here to win like my fun runs were. It was all about getting in the top 20, getting a medal, getting a random draw prize, hanging around to see your daughter smash the 500 metres and beat us, some other kid. <laughs> this was about running and then having a coffee afterwards in, in Main Beach. And, and I looked around and thought, look how happy all these people are. And I was a bit um, a bit wary about it. I thought, why? why? No one's running fast. No one's winning. Uh, no one's getting a medal. Um, and it was from that day that I looked around and I thought, this is, they're just here for community. They're here for a coffee and cake is in my head what, what they're there for. And I thought, I wonder if I could replicate that. And I had that through Stephen Wright. I didn't know him, no one else knew him, but people were coming up and saying, well done, I met his family, um, I'm catching up with him this weekend, we're now really good mates. Um, we, we have amazing run chats uh, as men that have been through a fair bit of stuff uh, individually and that's where the community came about. So I, I made a concerted effort to get my retention rate up. Um, and, and get people to rejoin and, and do that. And that, the only way I could do that was through customer service and, and through a community. And I'm a bit of a, I love customer service and there's some big brands out there which I love their products, but I get really, really angry when they don't email me back mm-hmm. yeah. Within, yeah. within a day, <laughs> that, that type of thing, or it never email me back. I think, what? how hard is it just to email someone back? So... I focused on that. I focused on my customer service and my, my community. And now the community is self-growing. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, it's growing without, yeah, yeah, without me being there. So this week alone I had, or within the last couple of days, had two people finish. One finished at the Sydney Opera House. When he finished, his friends and family presented him with a t-shirt so they bought him the finisher shirt he didn't know about it they made him a cake and oh i gave him some flowers mm. and that was all sensational last night tracy finished with a 1.2 kilometer walk in the rain um she didn't want anything big for a finish she didn't want anything at all uh, i got a message last week from one of her friends if i could send her the medal so that she could present it to her. So she was doing a 1K walk. Her friends all came, gave her the medal. They all had burgers afterwards uh, to celebrate. That wasn't me. All I did was send the medal. But that was the community looking after their friend. And that was massive for her. Because I get that people don't want to finish with all the fanfare, and that's, that's fine. Some people do, some people don't. And she didn't really want to, but... The fact that someone took it out of their time to get a medal and put it around her neck and say, well done, mm. uh, she was chuffed and she sent me a message uh, today. And I, I make sure I reach out to every finisher and, and say congratulations myself. So we had a good chat. She sent me through a heap of pictures and um, I'm sure it enhanced her, her finish as having her friends and, and my community, or sorry, our community of Run Down Under 
uh, there to cheer her home. So it's massive. Yeah. It's massive. And it's so nice. I mean, like, seriously, honestly, as Rundown and Agroge, you can't be everywhere. Um, and it's just, it's not even, um, like, you couldn't expect that you would be everywhere. Like, but to be able to have a community that look out for each other and care and enough to be there when someone is finishing, that's yep. what's important. People aren't going to be like, well, Travis didn't come for me. Like, I mean, yeah. I, just, I just don't think that's, that's a thing that people would expect that. Um, but to be able to say, but other people in the community did. So yeah. you know, that's what's important. Um, and, like, it's great. I was um, somewhere really random the other day. Where was it? I can't even remember where I was. Could have been down at Cronulla. Anyway, and um, I was just walking. I think I was only walking into a shop and a girl ran past in a rundown undershirt. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so. Nicole, that is my goal is world domination through rundown under singlets and shirts. <laughs> so just a quick story on that. I had my own designs for a while and then I had one of my members Christine uh, who lives up here in, in Queensland she reached out to me in 2019 and said can I help you with your singlets mm -hmm. and it was sort of like you need help with your singlets I'm, I'm going to take this on and she was a retired graphic designer so she did them up for me and they're the singlets you see now as she does them for the love of it um I don't I hope she doesn't mind me saying this but I I can't pay her she won't let me pay her she won't even let me buy her a membership Mm -hmm. um, she does it because she loves it and her singlets are amazing and they're such a big part of, of Run Down Under is I, I was on the Sunshine Coast two weeks ago before the Sunshine Coast Marathon so two or three weeks ago and I had mine on which I run in and a lady was running towards me and she had hers on and we gave each other a high five and kept running didn't even know who we were there yep. the amount of times you're at a race and someone sees you in the singlet and yells out go Run Down Under um, yeah, they're they're a big part of it, and yeah, I, I yeah. love the fact that people wear them with pride and yeah, and um, get to meet other people as a result. Well, yeah, I mean that's the whole point. Like you know, it's like with the RMA shirts, like it's a talking point, and it's a place you know you wear it. You go somewhere like park run, say you're new to running, you wear it, and then someone else is in it, and and you feel instantly like you can go up and talk to that person, and you feel connected, or someone will ask you about it and it's how it can grow because people will ask about it and then look it up and then, oh, what's all this about, you know? So yep. it's a great concept. It's great that you actually have good shirts now. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a while. <laughs> so it's really an important tool in the toolkit <laughs> run down yeah. under to have the shirts. It so, is. And it is something that pops up in my how did you hear about us? Yeah. I'm getting more and more people say I saw someone wearing the shirt. Yeah. As, as their reference point. So, yeah, yeah right. it's now getting better each year. So well done. So can you tell us like a little bit like, you know, you mentioned, touched on a few people's stories, but is there one particular story you'd like to share about how Run Down Under has impacted someone else's life? Um, oh, there's so many and there's so many and I probably knew this question was coming <laughs> and it's hard to single out one, but there's definitely one and, and I... I hope she listens and I hope she doesn't mind telling me a bit of her story, but Angela Nuss, um, who's based in country Victoria, I forget the name of the town now, she had a major car accident um, several years ago and uh, had, a, had a brain injury. And I never forget the day that she rang me. So she's not computer literate and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, had no idea how to register. And... Uh, she is the most lovely lady. She has 
a brain injury, so she she speaks, and you can tell that she has that. But that's the only thing I know about her that is is not running related, because everything she else she does is running related. So she's gone on to finish two maps. Wow! Um, since then, she runs. She records her runs manually, so she puts them in the computer and, and emails them. So I get to see them all the time. She does two or three runs every day. Um, and her attitude and her lease on life is totally inspiring. Um, she's on my member profile page. So if you go to our website, there's a, a button that says member profiles. Go and find the one about Angela or Nussie, as we, we call her. And it is so inspiring. Um, it's, a, it's amazing what she has been through. Months just to learn how to walk again. Um, she ran and then she found Run Down Under. I actually don't know how she found out about it. It might have been through Parkrun. Anyway, someone got her onto it. And she lives and breathes it. And she is she is amazing. She she still rings me um, uh, when it's time to change maps or put an order in. Um, and I help her through. And she's the loveliest lady. She's, she's appreciative um, of what life has thrown her way. Um, it's funny. I, I talk about my favourite saying is um, rock bottom is the perfect foundation on which to build. And... I've built an amazing life from from rock bottom, and she has a similar attitude. Um, in that, what has happened to her has given her a new lease. Um, she runs, and she's a great runner as well. Not only just plodding around, she's she's fast, she's fit, um, she looks great. So she's probably my standout, other than Stephen Wright being the first to finish. And I've got a special place with that story because we still catch up a, a lot and run together and. And I didn't know him prior to this. Um, and he's been through a lot of stuff, you know, amazing stuff that he's been through. So, yeah, they're, they're the two. But Angela's really uh, – I love talking to her. I love it when she rings. I love helping her out. Um, and I love her – I love how Run Done Under has helped her um, stay active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you may never know how much that's actually meant to her, you know, like from from having her accident and what purpose that's given her to be able to do that. So to be able to do a few maps, I mean, that's incredible. I can't oh, even I know. get one map done. Oh, I know. She's on her <laughs> third map. <laughs> What's she doing that I'm not doing? I want to uh, she, run, she runs a lot. There's a lot of emphasis on running these days for our mental health. And obviously running for you had a lot to do with your mental health at the time, dealing with an addiction and, and overcoming that. Um, how does running and Run Down Under help with our mental health? How does this initiative help connect people, especially guys? I actually want to know, uh, you know, in terms of men in this situation, even though this podcast is predominantly for women, I want to know, like, how have you experienced um, running as a vehicle and run down under helping with men's mental health in your own journey yeah and i'll i'll put this because i know there's a massive proportion of ladies listening is that you're probably saying how do i get my husband or my partner to talk mm. and i was one of those you know i went through that time in my life where i was miserable and i would come home how was your day yeah good and i had nothing right and i i was a traditional man that would sit and wait for my dinner to be cooked and yeah, I was moody. I was, I was non-appreciative. I was, I was all of that. Now, and I say this to my current partner, Kath, I say, you would have hated me back then because I am completely different. And it all came about because I learned how to 
talk. And that was, that was simply it. And I learned how to talk through running. And I've done some research, and I, I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor, but the, what is released when you run um, mentally is second to none. So for some reason, and I can run with a, another girl or I can run with a guy, and it's completely different to sitting around over a beer talking. When you run, there's something, and I don't know enough about this, but there's something that happens where you're emotionally different. And I ran a lot when I first split up and, and went through all that. And I was just amazed how I could talk. And I was amazed how I could talk about anything. I could talk about all my emotions come out. I never cried when I ran. And, and I, when I get emotionally talking uh, now, I, I sometimes cry. But I never cried. It was all, I don't know how to explain it, but I was so comfortable talking about stuff. And that um, then reciprocated. So the guy would then say to me, well, it's interesting you say that. I've got the, something similar and we talk about our partners or our gambling addiction or drinking or whatever, whatever it may be. And I, I, to this day, I still think there's a market. It's not for me, but there's a market where you can be the running doctor. You could be a, a psychologist or something where you could get men in particular to come in and not just sit in a room, because sitting in a room with four walls, I tried that, and you sit with your arms crossed, you're defensive. Um, any, anything wrong that that psychologist can say to you, because I had to go through all that with my rehab, you can get defensive. When you run, that, that doesn't happen. Your arms aren't folded and your mind is not sitting there looking at a wall, thinking about next bet or whatever it is. Mm. You're, you're almost free, and I don't know. I'm not spiritual at all, and I don't know if they're the right words, but there's something about running and the freedom of your mind to to just talk and 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 talk and i run with some 25 year olds and i run with some 50 and 60 year olds um the 25 year olds are much better at it let me tell you they're like i run with some some good mates of mine that are younger than me and they can talk and we talk about stuff the older guys i'm experienced at it and i i know the benefits out of them i have to chisel away but there's still something that i get out of them every time and and they might not say anything, but I say something and I know that it's going in to, to their head. So it's, it's amazing. And, and now I look, when I first started going through my rehabilitation, there was nothing um, formal. Now I look, there's, there's groups of running. Yeah. So run, walk, talk is a big one here on the Gold Coast. I'm sure they're everywhere else around the place, but they're men. Mm. Um, and even informal, uh, I run with a group of guys on a Wednesday and we're just guys. It's not, we don't not invite women. It's just guys. And we talk about stuff and we've grown from a group of six to a group of 11. And I've got no doubt that we all walk away from that with something. And we all talk about how it's our best run. And we we're probably manly thinking it's best run because we we're blokes and we're out and some of the guys got the shirts off. We go for a swim, but I'm confident that most of us walk away because we've talked mm. or listened. Um, and it might just be one guy that day that mentioned something about something and I've got no doubt that that's growing uh, yeah. in, in men's groups um, as such and I encourage it and, and I've often thought about business opportunities and it's not for me but for someone out there to open up a, a run shop and have a not just men but have a running group where it's it's titled men's mental health running or, or women's <laughs> mental health running whatever it is and you run and for that hour you you chat and you come back and you debrief for, for want of a better word 
and there's so many opportunities out there. It's I wasn't a talker, and now I would never have done this podcast in in my past life. I would never have told anyone my story. I didn't. I held kept my gambling hidden for so long, and now it's it's cathartic. It's I I love telling the story. I in my head, if I can tell one guy or girl my story and it helps them, then I'm super chuffed. And I know that when I hear a story back, um, I'm super chuffed. So I'm not cured. Um, a, a mate of mine came out as a gambling addict uh, very recently and it really hit home with me because he's now going through what I went through and it made me realise that, geez, I'm not over this 100%. And it, it helped, just helped my, my process a lot more. So, yeah, there's yeah. running and running and talking. I don't know. what There's some business name out there that someone should yeah. do it. Oh, well, I mean, I think in some sort of small way, you know, um, in a formal way, everybody is kind of doing it. Like, I mean, I think um, running, it almost just breaks down those barriers. It drops the walls. Um, there is something about the endorphins that are released when you run. It changes the chemicals in your brain. You get the happy chemicals, you know, and yep. you just do feel less inhibited that you can talk um, and share. And not only that, you might not share the first time or the first few times that you run with a group of people, but then when you get used to the people that you're running with and you feel connected, you feel like you're you're more open to be able to share in that space. Um, and maybe it's something about the movement. I mean, I had a podcast interview with Eloise Wellings just a few weeks ago and she said something exactly about that about talking when running and feeling more open to sharing because you're moving forward there's something about moving forward and leaving all the stuff behind okay so yeah it's really profound and i was like oh that's really interesting you said that like yeah it's true it's like you're talking and you're leaving all that negative stuff behind because you're letting it go while you're moving forward and i thought that was really good what she said and i think specifically i mean women love to talk <laughs> and we love to share um, not all of us, that's probably stereotyping a little bit, but we do, we're more social beings and typically, you know, men and particularly like your age group and in an older would, they would never have talked. No. And it's interesting that you say now that the young generation of guys are talking more and it is probably because it is more acceptable now to talk about mental health issues and it's more, you know, people want to talk about it. It's, it's one of those things that's pushed in, um, and promote it is that we should be open to discussing mental health issues, um, not stigmatizing it. And there is a lot of guys, uh, you know, even there's a group in Sydney called Vipers Run Club that Maddie Abel runs, uh, guys run club. Um, every week, you know, they get together and their main focus is mental health. So they yep. all get together and, and they have their run and then they might chat about some something some topic like and they share and they feel connected in that way so there's definitely you know um people that are doing it but i think just having conversations with people in your sphere like you said those 11 guys that you go running with that is super important it doesn't have to be this business or this formalized thing it's just being able to do that in yep. formal yep. space yeah so, i agree yeah. and i like i like eloise's um analogy of moving forward that's that is really good because when you sit in a pub or not just pub, but wherever, and you don't move and you're sitting there talking, it's different as opposed to, to running. And, and I'm sure there's there's scientific reasons with the brain and what it does. But Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, so how do you think Rundown Under's journey will continue over the next few years? Have you got any different plans or you like it how it is? Like, what do you yeah, think? I do have an endpoint, as I said. So I've got a three-year plan. So in a few months' time, I'm launching um, Run the Great White North, which is a 16,000-kilometre journey around Canada. Mm-hmm. So to touch on that, it takes me probably takes me six months to build a map uh, in terms of research. Um, there's the technical, I've got to go and do the GPS coordinates of, of place to place. And that takes me a long time. Mm-hmm. Finding the emails, putting all that to it. So I've got Canada uh, as my next map. And then I've got um, East Asia, which will be the next year. Mm-hmm. And then the world's longest walk, which is from South Africa to, to Russia, which is a highly publicised route where you can go the entire 22 or 24,000 kilometres. So they're my last three maps mm-hmm. um, that'll be out there. So that's that's the plan for moving forward. Yep. In terms of the membership base and, the, and what I'm hoping to achieve, it's still uh, retention. It's still making sure that people are enjoying the journey. I don't want someone to do it if they're not enjoying it. That's, I'm not here to... I'm not really an entrepreneurial person when it comes to finances. So I don't, I don't look and think I want this amount of people so I can make this amount of money. Mm. I, my primary goal is to make sure that people are enjoying the journey and I'm keeping them active and healthy. And if success comes through that, then that's, that's the entrepreneurial side of me that, that is there. So I want people to keep, keep doing it. So retention is my, my biggest thing. Mm. At the same time, I, I still sit back and think, well, I've only got, I've only got 9,000, just under 9,000 members. Mm. Where are the other 24,700,000 people? Where, where are they? Why aren't they part of, of Run Down Under? Um, so I still have visions and, and expectations to, to get a vast majority of the population involved. And how that happens, I still don't know. I'm not financially there yet where I can go and spend mm. $100,000 on a marketing campaign with the radio and stuff. So I'm still relying on word of mouth and, and whilst that's happening, I'm not going to get that massive growth. But I do have goals and aspirations. Um, I, you know, I look at things like, I look at your platform and how, how massive that is. I look at um, Parkrun and how massive that is. And then we go up another step and I look at how many people are using Strava. Mm. You know, there's hundreds of millions of people out there that are, that are my target. Mm. So that's, that's definitely there and, and that sits in the back of my, my head. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm a simple guy. As long as I pay the rent and my kids are fed, then I'm I'm happy. And I've learnt that my respect for money has changed as a result of gambling. I I used to be I used to look at my bank account every single day. I used to have a different mindset, and now it doesn't appeal to me as much. My main goal is to to make sure people are happy, and I would obviously want to make sure my kids are settled in the future. But that'll come through some hard work and and making sure there. So that's, that's the goal is to expand those maps, have an endpoint, mm-hmm. and, and then look at how I can get the, you know, the RMA numbers first, you know, how can I get the, the 30,000s, the 40,000s, the 50,000s, how can I get the park runs? How can I get the 300,000s? Mm-hmm. Then how can I get the millions on, on there? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that it's a tool like your, your platform is an amazing tool for people to stay active long-term. Mm, yeah so that's that's the goal and i must admit i'm i'm a bit selfish and and i i speak to some people about this i'm selfish whilst being selfless i do this for myself 
um, I set up Run It Under for myself. Um, I want to keep active. I want a new map. I, I personally love what I've created. So I'm a big part of what I do is to make sure that I'm still staying healthy. And, mm. and uh, the minute I lose that passion is the minute I, I get out. But at the moment, I'm, I'm so invested in it and I'm so passionate about it. Mm, that's so good. Oh, well, that's got a huge, huge future ahead. And, and, you know, people ask me that question all the time and, and my answer is kind of normally like, well, I just like it how it is. Like, you know, and so I think what you're doing is fine. You don't need to change a thing. No, <laughs> like, so, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, there doesn't always have to be this expectation of more, more, more. Like I think what you're doing is making an impact and not only on your own life to be active and healthy, and it comes back to that, like it's interesting because Tim said the same thing um, and on, I've got a similar um, background in, you know, health promotion, I guess, objectives in what I do. Um, and, you know, that, that's, you know, came through to you in, from your human movement degree even, like that that's something you were interested in and passionate yeah. about. Um, and so you're using that um, in your work now. So yeah. it's not only um, hitting all the targets, for you professionally but personally as well so that's really important that as you said as long as you remain passionate about what you're doing um that's that's good enough so yeah yeah and that's something i'm trying to teach a lot of people is i had a massive company and it wasn't down the lines of human movement. i had a corporate team building company which i loved don't get me wrong it was it was sensational but it was the same time in my life where i wasn't the happiest mm. And it was successful. You know, we, we, we had a lot of work on. And now I'm doing something I'm totally passionate about. And, and within me, it's, it's different. You know, I'm, I'm not a gambler anymore. So that's another, another part of it. But you know, I'm, I'm much happier. And that's so important. And I, I even went with a, for a swim with the guy the other day. And he was talking about his job. And he wasn't as happy. And I said, mate, my only goal is to make sure I'm doing something that's happy. And we can't all do that. I understand that we have to have a job. And and most of us that that's it but if you can if you do have the opportunity to take a just a small risk and find something that makes you happy then i'd do it yeah 100 percent. i wanted to quickly say too that run down under is you know the australian platform but the actual name of the business is run the world because i want to make sure people realize that you don't just have to run around australia you've got the other maps so you've got um new zealand uh uh USA, USA, and is it UK? Europe, Europe, UK. Yeah. So, and I actually rebranded a little bit this year because I'm still predominantly Australian based. I think 87% of my members are based in Australia, yeah. and I had to look forward in 10 years' time. Most of those people, a lot of those people, will have finished Run Down Under, and they'll be doing Run UK or Run Europe or Run Canada. Yeah. So I had to change and and. Yeah, so I now I do promote a lot more. It's it's run the world, is is my business name, I guess. Um, everyone still has an association with Run Down Under, but I am rebranding and and saying run the world a bit more because in five years time I'll be finished both Australian maps and I'll be doing Run New Zealand. Mm. So I won't be referring to it as Run Down Under. It'll be Run the World. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I just want to make sure, and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes too. So everyone, go to the website and you can see how it all works. But how can people join Run Down Under? Yeah, so it is web based, and you can go www.rundownunder.com.au, or you can go www.runsoftheworld.com. Mm -hmm. Rundownunder.com.au is the easiest one. It'll take you to the same website, 
And then all the information's on there. There's, we do have rules. So one thing I, I mentioned, um, I should have mentioned, is that, yeah, it's fun and it's everything, but we are pretty strict, or I am pretty strict on the rules. Um, it's structured acti activity and it's only running and walking. So you can't ride a bike, you can't swim, etc. And I understand people out there that that's all they do and I, I love that. But this platform is running and walking and we don't allow step counting. So it has to be structured. It has to be where you get off the chair and you go out for a run or a walk. You can't just record your steps at work. Mm. Um, again, I appreciate those apps and there's platforms out there and, and the more steps you do, that's great, but that's not what I'm about. So there are rules. So get on the website. There's rules. There's the member profiles. There's leaderboards, um, et cetera. And then it's just like a an entry form for a fun run. You fill out your details. Um, it's $60 for, for the, a 12-month membership. Um, you get a gift card, which you redeem for a singlet or a shirt or a hat, whatever you want. And then at the end of the year, we'll send you a, a participation medal. And then, like I said, if you're enjoying it, renew and uh, get to that finish line. Mm. And I did want to mention, like, how you do give back proportion of the profits to people that sign up for your team. So, for example, people that sign up to Running Mums Australia team um, over the years, you've given us so many, like, thousands of dollars um, back to our club, um, which is incredible because over the years we've donated pretty much all of it to charity. Yep. Um, last year we used it to buy some tents um, for our girls because we needed some more around the country because obviously I can't be everywhere and drag a tent all over yep. Australia. Um, so that was so good. So I did want to mention that because that is huge, hugely important um, and so generous of you to be doing that, giving back. Yeah, it's when I first set it up, I wanted to give back in some way and and I didn't want to exclude charities or, or have my own charity and I... I still sometimes get um, in trouble for, for going down my own path. So I didn't want to have a charity that I chose. So I came up with the club concept. So if you get more than 20 people as part of your club, I give money back. And then that club can determine where that money goes. And more than charity, it's helping out clubs. So I'm, I've been part of running clubs before and I know there's no money involved and they need to get a teardrop flag or they've their cones or put someone on a coaching course or even get some donuts for a Christmas party. So I'm delighted and I've just done the report again recently. So there'll be another $5,000 coming the way for RMA right down to $120 for some smaller clubs and a 20 grand in total is what I'll be giving back. And that for me is more satisfying than giving $20,000 to one, one charity. It's more satisfying because there's 25 different causes 25 different people making decisions around the place and and like i said it's the the clubs they get 125 dollars right down to to those guys um a teardrop flag or a, a breakfast or it might be a couple of entries to a race a raffle prize whatever i'm i'm super stoked to be able to give back to those Oh, well, thanks, Travis. And I know where part of that's going. It's going to buy one more tent at least because the <laughs> one that we bought uh, for Canberra blew away at Canberra Marathon <laughs> and is broken. You the know that I saw that happen. The first time. Did you see that happen? The first time I we used it. I can't believe it. Yep. I was there and I couldn't put up my arch because of the wind. Yeah. And I remember looking across and seeing the, the damage of the poor tent. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. I wasn't there either. I got back and I'm like, what on earth? Uh, anyway, um, so so thank you. <laughs> no, no worries. My <laughs> pleasure. Another one. <laughs> but, but but in saying that, thank you. I mean, there's there's over a thousand running mums 
that are part of my platform. Wow. I've only I've only got well not only, but I've got just under nine thousand. So for wow. one thousand of those to be running Mum Australia and I'm sure there's more. I'm sure That's there's great. someone that might be part of Springfield Runners yeah. who is a who is a RMA. There might be someone who's part of Rejuve Runners that's an RMA. But specific people that nominate RMA, there's over a thousand. So that's that's awesome. I thank you for the promotion, yeah. and I thank thank everyone listening for the for the support. That's incredible because that's like more than half of my membership. <laughs> <laughs> that's massive. That's incredible. Congratulations. Massive. Um, let's just end the podcast with the RMA hot lap. So every podcast, I ask five quick questions of our guests. Ooh, okay. Like a really cool way of wrapping everything up. So I've given some questions to you specific to what I want to know about you. So the first one is, when was the last time you went for a run and where did you go? I went for a run this morning around uh, Emerald Lakes, Carrara area. I did a little bit of a tempo run this morning, 8K. Oh, good. That's a good run. Very yeah. good. Nice 8K tempo. 8K tempo run. Okay. Uh, this is a bit, you know, deep. What does running mean to you? Uh, running, running is my life, Nicole. It's it's my job. It's my passion. It's my medicine. It's it's everything. I'm the luckiest guy going around. You now my my job on Saturday is to go to an event and see runners smiling. And other than people falling over and DNFing and stuff, you never go to a race or an event or a running program where people are down. It's it's not like going to the pub where you look around and there's people down. It's not like going to um, cinema where there's people down. When you go to a running event, or maybe the, the dad that's been bought out of bed because he had to watch is, is down, but everyone else is is positive and happy and that's my job. It's my life and it, it saved me. It was there when I was young. It's it's everything to me. Mm, that's fabulous. Um, if you could choose to run in a race, which race would you choose and why? I would choose the London Marathon because I've been – deferred four times now so i went across um as a tour leader with uh tri travel mm -hmm. back in 2019 and i'd actually stopped doing marathons i had had enough because i'd failed so many times and i thought it's not for me and i watched that london marathon as a tour leader and i had to get a spot so i was lucky enough to purchase a spot the next year and it's been deferred on me four times um so october next year i'm so looking forward to it um, London Marathon. It was the best event I'd ever seen. It was amazing to watch and I just want to be part of that. Mm, incredible. I'd love to do London. And New York, which I had had tickets to try to travel as well. And then oh, yeah. obviously COVID. So anyway, that, that'll happen eventually. That'll happen. Yep. <laughs> so London. Um, okay. The next one is, what is your favourite thing about Run Down Under? My favourite thing, and this is going to be selfish, and I, I thought about this my favourite thing is what it gives me, and that's that's selfish. Um, it keeps me. It gets me up in the morning. It it gives me a job. Um, it gives me happiness. It gives me inspiration. So um, yeah, I don't know how selfish that is going to, and I might regret that answer. But that's that's the truth. Um, I love what it gives me. Mm. So that's good because you've created that. You know, you've created that for yourself. You've you've actually created that life. You know, which is a positive positive thing, it's yeah. not a positive thing yeah. that, you were, that you were in 
it's a positive thing and it's still impacting and helping others as well so yeah it is yeah yeah and i know that i know that so yeah. which is i'm comfortable with that answer yeah yeah you should be uh if you could tell yourself one thing that you learned along your journey and how it changed your life for the better what would that be easy uh, to talk to as simple as that learn to talk learn to express yourself and I've, I'm doing that with my kids now, particularly my boys. I'm talking to them and I sit there and I say, let's talk. Um, that didn't happen. I love my dad to death, but he never said that to me and there's different times back then. Um, and now me and my dad hug more than we ever did when we were kids. So I'm trying to impact that on my boys, but to everyone, not just boys. My daughter, I talk to my daughter about everything as well. We've got the best relationship. Um, we can talk about anything. So that's the one thing that it taught me is is I learned how to talk. Mm, I love it. Well, thanks, Travis, for sharing your story with us. And thank you for sharing the Rundown Under story as well. And, um, yeah, I look forward to many more RMAs joining up. We'll put in the show notes where they can find everything about Rundown Under and how to join and renew for 2022. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on board. And I look forward to our next catch-up. Yes, Queensland. <laughs> yes, get those borders open. Yeah. Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you loved hearing about Travis's journey and the story of Run Down Under. For those of you that are interested in joining Run Down Under, you can head to rundownunder.com.au or alternatively, you can head to runtotheworld.com. Don't forget, if you're a member of the RMA member program, you can get 10% off when you register for Run Down Under. And please make sure that you join the Running Mums Australia team when you register. I just wanted to remind everybody that the RMA 2022 benefit program will be opening on the 1st of December this year. So head over to the website and have a look what's on offer for 2022. I look forward to having you on board the member program next year. For now, I hope you are happy, safe and well wherever you are. And I look forward to joining you next time.